the past. It used to be a newspaper. The Bob Podcast. Not outclassed. Ones on mass. Get it on my leader right up to the end of the game. The Bob Podcast. Podcast. My name's Mark Isles and I'm the Chief Football Writer of the Bolton News. This is your one-stop shop for all things Bolton Wanderers that was definitely not pre-recorded. Look, I can prove it. Sevilla won the Europa League and Samantha is coming back in Sex in the City. On this week's show, we dish out our alternative awards. So if you wanted to know which club has the best plug sockets and my favourite pitch side advertising hoarding, then today is your lucky day. And in the time honoured tradition, the bus scrolls down the back of a match programme to dish out our exclusive player ratings. A warning before listening to him though, I'd... Henry had been drinking heavily again and his language gets a little blue. Before we dive in, here's a quick summary of A Quiet Week of Wanderers. Since we last brought you the buff, not a lot has happened. The Sun said Exeter City wanted Josh Sheehan, which gave us something to talk about on Sunday. The chances are, though, he'll be back at Bolton next season. There were a few pre-season friendlies announced, but not the exciting ones. In fact, in the words of the great Shania Twain, the prospect of going to Salford City in July does not impress me much. We've learned that there'll be a new big screen, hurrah, and that the bond scheme has raised £3.5 million so far. Whether that still leaves enough money to buy Wigan Athletic and turn them into a feeder club for the B team is still unclear. Pink are in town for a two-day concert, or that might be Pink is in town for a two-day concert. I still have no idea if Pink is a band, a person, or both. Which one was Blondie? We worked out that Bolton fans could be travelling 6,500 miles if they went to every single away game next season, using our grounds at base, of course. But just remember, that number has been halved since Ipswich and Plymouth buggered off. And finally, we learned that James Trafford has a fish because his mum and dad would not let him get a dog. It's the summer, remember, this is big news. Right, okay. Um, Well, we're going to be presenting an alternative awards next. Um, Henry, uh, live from wherever in the world he currently is, has uh, has beamed himself back to help me out on this. Um, Henry, can you hear me? I can, yes. Despite what my Instagram says and my Twitter, I am still in Salford. Uh, No, we uh, let's be honest with people, Mark. We are recording this straight after the last episode so uh, i'm not dialing in from somewhere across france or spain or wherever we we currently are in our trip unbelievable i feel like the wizard of oz and that the curtain's been ripped from its hooks it's lying there in tatters on the floor oh um well fair enough then well let's press ahead let's press ahead we've got um we've we've we've, we've conjured up a, a several uh, several different um awards that you didn't see on the last day of the season when they they well, on the uh, the big awards do that they did at Wanderers, um, and the first one the first one is best interviewee, uh, the best interview. Now Henry, I'm I'm sure you've not given too many one, ones at Wanderers, so I think I'll I'll take points on this one. Okay. Um, best interviewer. Now, 
there's there's it's been a very decent squad. There's not many in there. There's not many. Here. Kieran Lee never really never really fancied the interviews. He's done a few. Declan John gave gave us a bit of a wide berth, in fair to say. Um, Lloyd Isgrove, weirdly, very real, very rarely got put up for interview, even though he's a cracking interview uh, and a really good guy. Um, but um, there are a good half a dozen candidates uh, for for the best interview. Um, I think Connor Bradley would get the most improved interviewer because on his first encounters with the local press, very nervous, didn't really know how to take us, uh, particularly when Jack Dearden hopped on his lap wearing cargo shorts. Never an easy thing for a young footballer to to, to absorb, really. Um, but uh, yeah, he finished, uh, we spoke to him a couple of days ago as we are recording this uh, with a very composed, very professional, 10-minute opus, said everything he needed to say. Um, really, really impressed with how he's come on. Most intelligent or, or kind of interesting interview of the year, I'm going to give Cameron Jerome or Randall Williams, both of whom some some really interesting stories, obviously got quite kind of deep careers and such like, but both very intelligent guys, and I, I really enjoy talking to those two. But the winner of the best interviewee prize goes to drum roll James Trafford James Trafford uh, couldn't really go to anybody else he was just fantastic um, you never knew what he was going to say I don't think James Trafford knew what he was going to say and, and reading his stuff Henry this season have you, have you enjoyed it? I have, yeah. I think um, when you just said it, then I thought, oh, well, that's that would be my pick. I'm just going off like everyone else of what we see uh, or read in in the newspaper. And he, I think James Trafford um, has got that sort of madness about him as every yeah. goalkeeper does. But I think he's also got that youthful innocence about him as well. Um, and I think the headline of him when uh, I think the two bits that I enjoyed reading of James Trafford this year. Um, just two quotes from wherever he spoke to is the first one being that he's going to, when he signed his new contract with City and said he's going to buy just ice cream with the extra money. Um, <laughs> and then the next one is when when uh, he said about uh, they, were taking, they were doing penalties at City and Pep took one. And he said, if I save it, can I play on Saturday? And he saved it when obviously Pep just <laughs> weren't entertaining it. Uh, I thought that really made me laugh. So, yeah, Trafford would get my vote as well. No, he's, he's brilliant. Really has been brilliant. Um, we call them Traffisms. Um, OK, next one. I'm going to let you uh, give your thoughts first on this one. Um, or, or indeed, you can give the, the prize out yourself. But uh, best goal celebration. I've got a couple of ideas in case you're struggling, but best goal celebration. Um, my initial ones are the two that come to mind straight away. The first one being uh, Bud Varson's winner against mm. Burton, and the whole team just went mad, and it was it looked amazing. Uh, but for me, the vote would have to be uh, Geffen Jones scoring at Wembley. I think uh, even the the, the hardest. A stone-hearted Bolton fan uh, got a bit emotional at that. I swear, uh, I won't. I won't embarrass the the other person in the press box, but I'm quite happy to embarrass myself. Um, when that happened, I actually turned to said person and said, 
he's just looked to the sky and blown a kiss to his mum. And I had a, such a lump in my throat. And the guy, the guy who was speaking to is tearing up already. It was quite, oh. quite, uh, quite incredible um, that we, we'd spotted it. We're, we're miles up and God knows that it had been like down on the ground. But um, uh, yeah, I don't think I could argue with that. I would say um, that Connor Bradley, his first goal for Bolton where it was against Morecambe and he did the shh. Uh, finger to the lips thing that Bakayoko had done the season before that kind of that and immediately just like yeah he gets it he knows he knows what he's doing here um, and Randall Williams as well for a bit of excitement got the back flipping of course ah yes he did yeah the back flip um, MK Dons wasn't it his uh, his goal um, and I hope we see a lot more of that actually it's been a while mm. since Bolton have had a back flipper it is yeah. Um... Yeah, so yeah, hopefully we can get a few of those. Uh, we didn't mention Randall Williams in our last episode, but it's uh, I'm excited to see how he'll do next year. I thought he's, he's ended the season quite well. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, right, the next uh, the next category is Hair of the Year, um, sponsored by me, and hmm. I think the bar has been quite a, a, a high one this year. I think there's been some very decent barnets in the dressing room. Um, Favourites, Henry? Do you have any favourite favorite looks? Um, I've got to say, I think George Thomason uh, looks a bit more mature now with Most his hair. Most tidied looks, hair, I would give you that. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, he needed that because previously he did look his age at being like 18. Now he's he's matured and he's into a young 20-year-old, uh, a 20-odd-year-old. Um, I mean, Dempsey, it's got a, good head of hair on him uh, you know and as I approach my 33rd birthday and suddenly my hair is not as it was 10 years ago I can appreciate Dempsey's hair um, let's see who else we've got I, uh, I, I think I think Dan and Lundloo's hair's fantastic I think that's that's got a really cool look to it uh, I think Josh Sheard always very well manicured very well manicured yeah. young man very good um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, whereas previously we've had some, uh, well, we had Fossey, didn't we, the, the year before? Um, well, Shola, Shola, Shola's hair's fantastic. That's pretty yeah. defined yeah. at times. I think uh, I think the haircuts are more are more mature this year. Because there's some yeah. good hairstyles and some good haircuts, but there's not any madcap ones. I'm, I'm going to get a job. I'm going to give it to Thomason. I'm going to give it to Thomason simply because it's the most improved hair. <laughs> yeah. Most improved hair, George Thomason. Um, right, next award, the Absolute Limbs Award, uh, which goes to the the scenes of madness uh, in the crowd. Now, there have been there have been lots. It feels like there were potentially more last season, in as much as there were more last minute goals, and I think that tends to bring about the most ridiculous uh, noises and, and and such like. But you mentioned that Burton game uh, with Jon Dadibovarsen; that was incredible. Um, Wembley, any of the goals at Wembley, surely, were just ridiculous. Yeah. 35,000 people. Um, or do you think the semi-final goals, because that was a concentrated away end, it was the goal, It was the, the goals were scored right in front. Who, who, what would you think? Yeah, uh, I, I think you'd add the Fleetwood game yeah, as well. Yeah. Uh, the, the, yeah. yeah, the league game against Accrington as well. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, for me, I would say um, 
I, I'd probably go with well, I'd go with one of the first two goals at Wembley. Um, Dempsey's, you know, there were limbs there, and uh, but then I think with Charles to make it two 0 that was more unbelievable limbs, right? You know, whereas Dempsey scoring, that's you know, great. We've had a great start, and then Charles to make it two 0 was like, oh, what's going? We're actually winning at Wembley. We can we could win this five 0 Where's my um, femur gone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, any other than trying to think of start of the season? Um, no, I'm going to go with them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, go on then. We'll we'll give it uh, we'll give it to Dion's at Wembley um, on the buff. I may have a, I may have a think. I may have a longer think and write something for the for the paper, but um, we'll give it to Dion. Um, right. Next one. I'm going to ask you to pick the best food that you've had. Uh, in a moment um, at a ground and the worst food if indeed what is applicable I'm going to pick the best and worst press food um, so and this won't be popular because people don't like the fact that I get any food at uh, a football <laughs> ground seems to be a matter of much debate I've stopped putting pictures out because I can't handle the uh, the inevitable uh, first of all people ask me why is there any gravy doesn't matter what the hell I've put out there they're always asking where's the gravy <laughs> and secondly there's always some jibe about me getting free food and I just can't be bothered. So I've stopped doing press food, press scran or whatever. Um, but I will say, I think people who treat you really well at these grounds and look after you deserve a thank you. And I think uh, that's why I think the best one is Cambridge United uh, because the lady that looks after us there is is brilliant. Uh, she gives well, she, she can't help you enough, really. I think we got a beef bis, beef brisket pie this year at Cambridge. Um, a couple of brews, a bit of cake. She's lovely. And I met her, actually, when she came to the uh, University of Bolton Stadium as well. And she was talking all about Jack Iredale and, and such like. And I'm, I'm dead glad they stayed up because uh, I think uh, I'm going to look forward to going to Cambridge next season. Um, Henry, your, your finest food? Can you think of anything? Um, well, I mean, mine is... People are going to roll their eyes at mine, but uh, the finest food has to be the uh, the two times that I have been in hospitality this year, um, and it is through, you know, it's through my work. Obviously, I got a little reward through uh, doing this every week uh, when we played Ipswich. Um, I was the guest of the Bolton News, and the the, the food at Bolton's hospitality was very nice. Uh, obviously, with my work with uh, Darren McAnthony at Peterborough, uh, I did it there as well. I'd say the food at Bolton just pipped uh, Peterborough, so um, so yeah, I'd go with the Bolton hospitality food as my nicest. Um, the worst food, though, I've got to say is as, as much as you know, I went Cambridge away, and it is a lovely club, and uh, yeah, I'm glad they stayed up as well, but. Um, yeah, the the pies at Cambridge weren't great. I think the pie. Whenever you go down south, the pies aren't great. But yeah. um, I'm not a massive fan of onions, and uh, they snuck some onions into. I can't remember ever got a, a meat and potato or a steak pie, and they, they snuck some snuck some onions in. So I weren't too impressed with that. No fan of onions. Uh, I, yeah, I, I'm. Uh, that's why I didn't get on with Keith Hill. Exactly. Yeah. Oh dear, 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 dear. I'll, I'll tell you a story off air in a minute. Um, anyway, um, 
worst press food. I, I mean, Dan told me he, he did the Exeter game this season, went all the way down there and tells me they didn't give him anything to eat, um, which is a bit harsh. <laughs> I was a bit harsh. I'm going to give I'm going to give it to Exeter just simply off the back of that. But actually talking about um talking about pies and pasties, uh, Derby County did a, a pasty balm um in in the press oh, yes, room, saw which that, yeah. caused great confusion, especially because they called it pasty bap by the way. Uh but yeah, it was uh, it was it was crazy watching those Midlanders trying to work out what you're supposed to do with it. I mean, the people wearing it, people were wearing, you know, they they playing catch with it. They had no idea what to do with it whatsoever. Just eat the thing; it's fine. Um, that was the cu- most curious one, anyway. Um, right. So next one, you you as the fan experience, me as the journalist experienced uh, best and worst uh, press box slash away stand. Um, do you want to go best first? Best, oh, that's a good question. Best away, um, I suppose best it, all, it all mixes in. I suppose, you know, if you sat in a seat, it kind of doesn't matter, but maybe the vantage point's a bit different or just the general welcome, maybe. Yeah, um, I think, yeah, I mean, Cambridge was a was a, a nice welcome. Um, I mean, it, it's, the sound's not bad, actually, but, um, yeah, I think... Um, the the thing with me at the moment is because as we've discussed, I, I tend to work weekday evenings or well, Tuesday evening annoyingly, so I, I don't have a season ticket. So therefore, um, in terms of away days, I can only get to the ones where this ticket's still available. But I might cheat and say the best away day was Wembley this year. Yeah, I thought you would do. I thought <laughs> you would do. Uh, best press box this year. Uh, I mean, I can't, I can't, I'm, I'm going to exclude Bolton from all mine, by the way, because I think they probably would be at the top of most of mine and it'd just be boring if I said Bolton every single time. Um, <laughs> do you know what? I, I'm going to say Morecambe deserve a bit of a pat on the back because compared to the season before where I was in the middle of a war zone um, and very nearly got jumped on by uh, Amadou Bakayoko, in a press box, <laughs> um, they they really improved things this year, so they deserve a pat on the back. Uh, same with Barnsley, whose press box used to be one of the most dangerous places in Western Europe. Uh, now it is fine. Um, it's lovely, in fact. Um, uh, but I'm going to give it Derby County. I'm going to give it Derby County because mm. it's such it's so well appointed. It's great. It's it's just the perfect press box. Uh, there's there's almost nothing nothing bad I can say about it, really. So Derby get my look. What's the worst place you've been? This, you know, worst. I don't think they'll have changed that much. So you can always cast your mind back a little further, I suppose. Well, uh, the worst away day for me was um, a away day that I didn't end up going on. Uh, it was I had a ticket to go uh, to Cheltenham away. Uh, obviously, the match got cancelled because of the the Queen's awesome. death. Um, I didn't then go to the rearranged match. I got a refund, uh, which was a great decision because we lost 1-0. And watching that game, I just felt all the way through it, I'm so glad I'm not at this game. So I would I would have to say Cheltenham. And I'm, I think if, if you've been to every away game this year, possibly you'd say Cheltenham or Forest Green was probably the worst ones. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'd, I'd have to throw Cheltenham in there. And I didn't even go to it in the end. Cheltenham, I 
I can't speak as well, I can't speak as Savannah. I've been as Savannah <laughs> to Cheltenham, but that's a completely different story. Um, yeah, Cheltenham's press is horrible because it's it's indoor. The press box. I don't like indoor press boxes. They're soulless places. Uh, so yes, you, that would be high up on my list as well. Plus, the performance was was very poor indeed. Uh, Bristol Rovers get the nod for me. Just been, it was just not a pleasant experience this time around. I, I won't go into the details. I had to edit them out of a previous podcast because <laughs> we've moved on. But uh, it's not been uh, my favourite place this season. Best typo on a team sheet slash program. I'll take this one, Henry, because there's only one of them I can think of. Actually, no, there's two. Um, the the program at MK Dons. Uh, had typos on the front and the worst thing was it was the one that was commemorating the Queen's passing it just sparked a memory there uh, so they had this big like you know tribute edition and they'd done a load of spelling mistakes on the front uh, which was uh, a bit of a, a an awkward moment when I pointed that one out let's say um, could have we could have made a bit bigger of uh, a deal of it on the night but we decided against it um on a slightly lighter note, though, uh, I, I particularly enjoyed Morecambe calling um, calling the pl- player in question Shola Shawfire um, <laughs> on their team sheet. That was great. I enjoyed that. Um, I, I, I kind of wish he was, to be honest, but, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's go for something else. Best opposition player. Best player that's played best against Bolton. Any thoughts on that one? Oh, um, I probably, I can't think of any players in particular. I mean, you'd probably have to go with the games against Sheffield Wednesday and mm. Ipswich at home. Um, I can't think of any particular players. It's more of a the team themselves uh, who, who, out, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, who outplayed us. So I'm sure there's individual players out of those. That would have uh, would have had that. Other than that, I can't really think of. I think you pick. Uh, I think you pick Bannon with the Sheffield yeah. Wednesday games. I mean, certainly, certainly the game at uh, at the Uniball, he was brilliant. And the first half of the game at Hillsborough, but he did. I think Josh Sheehan got on him on the on the second half, and that's what kind of changed the game in Bolton's favour. Um, he was good. I think Morsey was uh, was good for Ipswich. I think he. The old dark arts came out, <laughs> to say yeah. the least. But it, it kind of just reminded you of what Bolton needed at the time, and and maybe maybe that's something that they will think about in the summer. Of course, um, Mendes Lang at Derby, uh, yeah, sticks out. He played very very well. There were a couple of Horahan as well. At Derby played very very well. But the uh, I've just just thought this one, uh, Charlton away, and Charlton at home. The young lad uh, that they've gotten loan from Palace, what's his name? Uh, Raksaki, is it? It is, yeah, Jesserun. Jesserun, yeah, Raksaki. I just remember thinking, wow, that lad can move. You know, it's so positive on the ball and he really stood out a mile. Uh, but it was quite early in the season, I think, when uh, when they came to Bolton. I thought he was really good. Um, so uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to him because I think he was um, he was excellent. He was excellent. Um, best opposition manager post match. Best manager post match interview. Do you know what? I I quite like Michael Duff. I do really like Michael Duff. Uh, not it, it feels a bit too soon 
um, to, to be saying that, but I do quite like him. Um, Mark Bonner at Cambridge. I'm going to give him a special mention. I think he's great, but I'm going to give it to Paul Warren at Derby again. Derby's sweeping up in these awards. Um, I'm quite glad they stayed down. <laughs> I, get to, <laughs> I get to talk to my favourite manager, go to my favourite press box. Um, yeah, and, uh, and have a pie balm again, whatever it is, pasty balm. Um, yeah. yeah, Paul Warren, very approachable. I mean, it, I, would, I would argue he's probably a, a, a couple of uh, cents short of a dollar, but he's, uh, he's definitely a, a really interesting chap to interview. So um, I'm going to give it to him. Um, cool. Last thing, last thing, weirdest thing that you can remember seeing at a football game this season? Oh, um, it's just off the top of my head straight away. Um, it, I, I think back to the Barnsley with the towels and Lofty stealing them. <laughs> That's um, I've got to say, I didn't mention before, but the Barnsley away day was probably the best in the league. Uh, but away, obviously Wembley tips that. Um, yeah, You're just yeah. Barnsley again, aren't you? Oh, good grief. Oh, no, it was it, honestly to, to leave that match having won 3 0 and to then be able to speak to my in laws, <laughs> uh, was was I would have I would have taken us finishing seventh and missing out on the playoffs just to have that moment. <laughs> um, I mean, they've you know, I've wished them well this week, uh, to be to be fair, but um. Yeah, um, I lofty with the towels. Um, I didn't. I didn't go to this game, but the the stuff with the uh, at Cheltenham, uh, Cheltenham at home when uh, the time wasting and was it the ball boy who was key behind oh, yeah. the goal? Yeah, 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 yeah. I remember. I was trying to remember the uh, the game actually when you said that. It's, yeah, because uh, do you know the ball boy? It was Joel Burgess who was the captain of the under 18s. Right, well, he's already endeared himself to Bolton fans. Good luck. <laughs> um, um, yeah, yeah, it was, it was weird that, actually. I remember being told that after the... Because I gave him man of the match. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tell you one that jumps... Well, there's, there's two obvious ones. The one is uh, Kachunga getting confused with Charles. Yeah. I suppose that's got to jump out as being a, just a bizarre thing um, and, and everything else that, that came from that. Being asked... Whether or not I knew where the cat was at Barnsley before the game, that was weird. Oh, the server, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know what happened to the cat. <laughs> no, there was never any updates given. They never found the cat. But um, Burton Albion's mascot. I'm going to say that is the weirdest thing I've ever seen at a football game. Oh yeah, um, yeah. I uh, uh, although a special mention as well with Burton um, the subs being sponsored by Doggy Daycare that's uh, <laughs> it's weird it's beautiful it's League One I, I love that and every year we go back I enjoy that but uh, yeah the mascots are a bit odd aren't they <laughs> yeah absolutely absolutely uh, posh gent as well at, uh, at Peterborough not sure yeah. not sure <laughs> it's not for me Clive anyway <laughs> that uh, brings to an end our alternative awards Right, it's come to that time of the year where we hand out our player ratings. And first of all, we need to decide a method of uh, grading them. Um, I don't think we're going to go with A pluses to Fs. That seems a bit seems a bit studious, Henry. Uh, and mm. I'm definitely not going with 
my son's going through his GCSEs at the minute. He keeps on telling me about sevens, eights and nines and sevens is an A and nine is an A, 15 stars. I don't want any of that. That's rubbish. I've got no chance for that. How about we just, how about we just mark it in pasty barns? Yes. One to 10 pasty barns. Seems fair. Seems fair. Right. Uh, I'm going to go from the back of the programme. The, the time on a tradition of looking at the back of the programme and listing all the Bolton players. So if you're not on the back of the programme, I apologise, uh, but that's the way we're doing it this year. So the first person up is Gethin Jones. Gethin Jones, um, I'm going to instantly give him a seven pasty bombs out of ten because I think they missed him more than anybody was really letting on towards the end of the season when... Um, when he got injured, especially in the playoffs, just that kind of bit of, I know, you you know, obviously he will have still had an impact on the squad, but I think out on the pitch, that little bit of communication just lost his partnership with Bradley. I think Bradley obviously got all the headlines and, and deservedly so, but I think when he linked up and when that was working, that's when Bolton were at their best. I think he's, he's slotted in on that right hand side of the three now. Uh, and you know, I do think he's he's quality, and and we talked earlier about the goal he scored at Wembley. I think that's one of the moments we'll we'll remember forever and a day. I think he's given us some uh, some good stuff this season. What say you? Uh, I'd agree with seven Pasty Barnes. Um, I think that Bradley was a better player with Jones playing there with him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I think he's he's been solid, and uh, you know, I think he's. He's a, a stable member of the squad. I think, as you said, he fits into that back three really well, and um, and yeah, I think he's uh, he's had a he's had a solid year. Um, I think there's there's room for improvement, um, but also yeah, I think he's he's had some good games. I don't think he can. There's not many games he gets less than a less than a six point five or a six. Um, so yeah, solid seven. Absolutely, and. Uh... One of the big things they're going to have to do is is find a, a right wing back that plays alongside him as well. I mean, he's the only right wing back in the team probably now, unless you count Sadler, I suppose. But um, so switching switching wings to Declan John, who has had a, a difficult season in many respects because at Christmas I think most of us had written him off, had a little bit of a, a, a bit of Twitter controversy at one stage, yeah, it looked unhappy wasn't getting games and then all of a sudden by the new year uh, changed things around and he was he was playing well and and finished the season I think with a couple of quite strong performances albeit never looked 100% in control of that left wing back berth um I'm going to give him I'm going to give him 6 no I'm not I'm going to give him 5.5 pasty bombs um are you going to raise that um I it's a tough one with Declan John because I don't think on the pitch he's done much wrong for me, but he just hasn't played enough. So I'm I am going to give him a five, but that's not you know I think that's just on yeah he's just not not played enough. I, I would have possibly expected a well again I don't really expect more from him. He got his goal against uh, Cambridge, which he took very well. I think he's he's done okay when he's played, but he's just not played enough, and that's he may argue with that, saying that's not down to him. So, I'd probably go just go five. Yeah, interesting. He's played twenty seven times this season. Um, pro- yeah, 
like you say, you, you would probably have expected a bit more. A lot of stuff happened before Christmas and uh, that, that's obviously affected things. Next man on the list, MJ Williams, who got 35 appearances this season. We know that because that triggered the clause in his contract to give him another year, which is good news. Um, Maldini Williams. I'm going to give him a six because there's been injuries this season. He's been in and out the team for two-thirds of the season, in fairness, but came good at the end when he had to drop in at centre-half, and I think that has, has certainly bought him some time to, to get completely fit and to, to affect things again. Yeah, I think if it wasn't for the end of the season, I'd give him a five, but I think his performances at the end, how he slotted into defence when we were all worried when we saw his name on the team sheet there, and he, he did very well, so yeah, six. Next up is the skipper, Ricardo Santos, uh, picked in the team of the year. Uh, not the, the one at the end of the year. The, I think the PFA team of the year he's been in, but I think we're waiting. Oh, sorry, the EFL team of the year. We're waiting for the PFL to, uh, PFA team of the year, um, which I think he'll get in anyway, because I think on, on his day, when he is fit, he's as good as anyone around. That hasn't always been the case this season. He's obviously contended with a, a big illness at Christmas, um, fought his way back from that, then got injured at Wembley as well. So he's fought his way back from that. Um, I thought he was pretty good in the playoffs, personally. Uh, one of the few that, that really did um, come out of that with, with credit. But I think probably I'm going to give him a seven alongside Geth. I don't think I can mark him any f down any further than that. Um, but I would imagine that next season he'll want to make sure he's playing more games. Yeah, I think Santos, for me, I'd give Santos an eight because, um, again, he's been really solid, one of our better players. I know he's he's a bit marmite with some of the fan base, but, and yeah, he could have played more games, but I think he, we are a better team with him. And, you know, I think for the defence, you have got to look at the fact as well that we have conceded, if not the least, but the, the second least amount of goals in the league. So, for me, that gives them all a... a you know, I think they've had a solid season. Um, so, yeah, eight for me. And he, he scored finally as well. Absolutely. Yeah, this is the season that Ricardo Santos scored. Um, moving slightly along in the defence, George Johnston, who I still believe is Bolton's kind of biggest asset. Uh, I think he's uh, at an age and a period in his development. He's got so much ahead of him that I think Bolton will, you know can consider him money in the bank, if you know what I mean. I think he's a cracking defender, brave as a lion, still probably does need to work on his possession side of things, and that's where I think that, that progress can come from. Um, but I like him. I, I really do like him. I think he's uh, he's had an excellent season. He's progressed. He's improved from the season before where he was the club's player of the uh, young player of the year. Um, and I'm going to give him seven pasty bombs out of ten. Any improvement on that, Henry? Uh, I, I'm going to go with eight as well for him. I think he's improved. I think he's he's become he's a sort of a quiet player within the squad, but I think he's an important player on that side. And um, you know, again, there's there's one there's been one or two instances. I think of a Charlton goal at, at the uh, Uniball. Uh, where he was maybe at fault for, and there's a, a few of those where he just he may get caught in possession or something. But you know, I think I, I think it was against 
I can't remember who we were playing, maybe Sheffield Wednesday at home, where I remember a great tackle. I think he got caught in possession or the pass to him was a bit short. Somebody's got in front of him and he's just... The guy was through on goal and he's he's made an excellent tackle. And I think that sort of... He's tackling, he's passing and his all-round players got better. So, yeah, I mean, I've been impressed with him. So, I'm going to go eight. Yeah, I think his, his, uh, his pure defensive stuff is really, really good. Um, he made one tackle at home in a home game and it must have been one of the Papa John's trophy games because there wasn't many people in the stadium but the echo it made the most pleasing noise that I think mm. I've heard um, this season uh, at, at Bolton Wanderers next is a man you may have forgotten about and I think somebody we probably have to nip back to at some stage and have a proper talk about but uh, Kieran Sadlier he's back He's finished his loan at Leighton Orient, which obviously kicked in in January. Before that, there were a lot of people saying, why is he not in the team? Uh, always seems to chip up with the goal. But a bit like Dapuafa Lion, just didn't have a space in the team. It didn't have a niche. Um, I'm going to give him 5.5 because I don't think he ever did find that niche. But I think even that, me saying it feels a bit harsh because I don't think he ever did too much wrong. Yeah, I think uh, now, as we've said, we're recording this straight after our last episode where uh, one of the questions was, is there any players in the current squad who you see going? So uh, I forgot to mention Sadlia, and I think he will go. Um, so, yeah, I think I think for me, I'm going to go with a five. And I think the reason is, it, like, the thing with, with Dapo was he eventually got his run of games and he probably was playing his best football when he got the run of games. I don't think Sadly ever got that. Mm. But I think back to the Barnsley FA Cup match and that was his big opportunity and I think he let it pass him by. I think some of the some of the performances before he was let go in, oh, sent out on loan in January, I think are the, um, was it the, it might have been the Portsmouth Papa John's game or the United under tw- one of them. I, I felt he he was very underwhelmed, underwhelming. So I think he, he is a good player and he scored goals and he he did very well in the the Papa John's and he would always pop up with something. And I remember his goal in the preseason game against Huddersfield as well. That's but um, yeah, but I think overall he didn't show me enough to get that regular start. So. Yeah, whether he'll be here next year, I don't know, but five. Josh Sheehan, next up, uh, played his way into a new deal. Um, Yet to sign it, so we'll bring that news as we get it. But uh, I'm quite glad, to be honest. I think he's technically one of the better Bolton players. I enjoy watching him play. When he gets the space to play, he's, he's a joy to watch. And... It's great to see him over that that serious knee injury that obviously took away a year of his career, pretty much, um, at Bolton Wanderers. I think he finished among the stronger players, the more consistent players for Bolton, albeit didn't really play a lot at the start of the season. I'm only going to give him six pasty bombs out of, of ten, um, but I think that that could improve next season if, if he stays fit. Yes, uh, that is true. And I think he's had a, a good end to the season. Um, I, I'm i going to give him a seven, actually. And the reason I'm doing that is because he has come back from that injury and he's, uh, he's, he's performed quite well. And I think he's come back from it really well. It took him a while to bed in. We were wondering at one point, you know, whether he would be given that chance. But when he got it, I think he grabbed it and he, he kept Kieran Lee out of the team. So, um 
yeah, I'd go with seven. I think is uh, there's there's hopefully a full season next year, and we'll we'll start to see the the proper Josh Sheehan that we were hoping to see. Next up, Yon Daddy Bavarsen here of the Thunderclap, definitely one of the most popular players in the squad, and I'm delighted to hear that he uh, should be staying with Bolton for another season dreadfully unlucky as we mentioned on the previous podcast he's had all sorts of misfortune since he came to Bolton last January and uh, yet he's he continually scores goals his records as good as one in three so it's a big year for him next season I'm sure we'll uh, well I'm sure I'll talk to him at, at length about it and, and how he can change his luck if, he, if indeed he can change his luck but I don't think I can give him any more than than Sheen, I think I can only give him a six because his season finished in January, effectively, and, and even up to that point, hadn't really totally caught fire. Um, but he did score some important goals, and he, he remains a very, very important player. It was a, he was a massive miss, wasn't he? He was, yeah. And I think um, I think if he had have stayed fit, I think he'd have he, he'd have been approaching fifteen goals this year, which. Mm. Um, would have helped us out a lot, and uh, yeah, I'm going to give him six point five because I, I don't want to, I don't want to count someone like I don't want to put someone's mark down because he he just got injured. But yeah, I think he he was on course for a strong seven point five in my opinion or seven, but uh, it obviously weren't meant to be. So uh yeah there's i'm glad he's got a new contract um hopefully he can stay and be fit and i think he'll be a real asset to us if he does but yeah 6.5 next up dion charles who i mean we should give him a 10 out of 10 just for getting rid of that michael ricketts statistic which has been yeah. hanging around like a bad smell for 20 years but the first bolton player to score 20 goals since michael ricketts in 2021 uh, in 2001 rather um so 20 i mean it seems bizarre because the thing is with dion is he scored 21 goals i think it was in in the end um 23 for club and country which by any normal account would be a terrific season but you do think back to those first few months and it you know he's missed chances there's there's definitely more in dion charles so i find difficult to say oh you know he's the finished product or he, he i mentioned about johnson being like the the big uh asset uh, in the squad um i don't think dion has quite realized that yet i think hopefully there's more in it he does seem to have that attitude about him as well he, he seems to be always be trying to prove people wrong and i think he needs that so um i'm gonna i'm gonna low ball a little bit in the hope that next season he'll do better but i'm gonna give him 7.5 even though he was the top scorer in the squad um and and say that next season he can do better yeah i think there's room for that uh i'm gonna give him an 8.5 because i think when you look at if at the start of the season you'd say well Dion charles will score 20 goals for you i think we would have took that um i think yeah, I agree with you. There were chances that he missed this season. Um, there were good chances and, uh, you know, he, he should have scored them. Hopefully then next year he will take more of those chances and maybe get to 25 goals mm. uh, in a season. But, um, yeah, I think Dion, Dion offers us something uh, that I think we miss when he's not playing. Uh, he never gives the defence a break. 
uh, I know he missed against Ipswich, but he's a good penalty taker as well. And um, and he, yeah, he, he's our top goal scorer. And I think he's something that we've needed for a long time. We've not had a 20 goal a season striker, anyone who's come anywhere close to it in a long time. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's refreshing for us to have him. But I agree with you. I think there's, there's more to come. And uh, I also agree that that chip on his shoulder is good for him. Absolutely. Chips are good for you. That is the title of the episode. Um, okay, next one. Dan Unlundaloo on loan from Southampton. Very uh, mixed bag at the start, it's fair to say. But I think he finished strongly to the point that Ian Everett was talking about wanting to work with him further, comparing him to Ivan Tony on the field, not anywhere else. And also... Um, Dan Anundalo is talking about, you know, would, would would love to work with a manager who he feels is the, the best manager he's had so far. And he, he looks kind of like really excited about the idea that Bolton might want him back. Definitely played well towards the end of the season. There's definitely something there. Do Bol- I mean, I, I hope he does come back. I genuinely do. I think he's, he's a, a very decent player. I'm going to give him six because it didn't quite work for him. But I definitely think that can improve next season. Yeah, I right. I'm going to give him a five, and but I'm going to caveat that by saying uh, I really hope. Well, I don't really hope, but I do. I I wouldn't be disappointed if he stayed. I'd be actually. I think there's something in there. There's a player in there. I think he, his goal against Bristol Rovers were great. I thought little parts of his play uh, in little sections of when he, he came on, which was difficult because he didn't play much. But I thought there was, there was something there that I would like to see at Bolton. Um, but we just didn't see it enough. But uh, So I'm going to give him a five, but say that if he did stay, then I would be more than happy with that. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, next one, Joel Dixon. Now, I don't want to cause a pile on. I'm just going to say four. I don't think it's it's a massive surprise to see Joel leave the building we did discuss that in the previous podcast that uh, he may well now just go and, and forget all about Bolton and get himself back to where he was with Barrow, which was, you know, consistent goalkeeper and, and he needs games to do that. It didn't work for Bolton. I do think it was a step too far at, at maybe even League One level as a regular number one keeper, but um, I wish him well. He's, he's a cracking lad and and I'm going to give him the four pasty bombs. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a three, but again, I, I don't need to say too much about him. I thought there was a there was a nervousness around the team and the the crowd when he played. Um, I don't think he dealt with that very well. It's probably not in his nature, and uh, as a result, it just seemed every time he played, there would be a mistake in somewhere. But um, but yeah, he you know, good luck to him. Uh, his career wasn't with Bolton Wanderers, and hopefully, it will be with someone else. Okay, next one is, is ah, this is a difficult one, Jack Iredale, Jack Iredale, because I I thought before his injury that he'd almost had, he'd almost had a, a sort of a, a two halves to his season already because he'd started extremely well and, and started as a left wing back, looked the bee's knees, then went through a bit of a bit of a plateau. And he just seemed to be getting it back again. 
when he got the injury and and that was that was that for his season although he obviously has come back to the point that he's training with the squad again now which is great um there's there's obvious alarm bells in the background knowing his history with injury and hoping that that will not be a portent for for what is to come so i like josh sheehan I think I'm going to have to give him a six like Josh Sheehan because he's he's obviously got himself back to the point where Josh Sheehan was last year. We may have to see him slowly now kind of graduate to playing regular football again with Bolton. I don't know where what physical stage he's at at the moment. But um, if he can get back to the point where Josh Sheehan is, then happy days because I think he's technically a really good player and a cracking guy as well. So I'm going to give him a six, Emery. One eternity later. Uh, right, sorry. No one will. No one will know this, but uh, my and this is a real 2023 issue. But my headphones lost charge, uh, and I've had to replace them and, and uh, with another pair. So if I sound a little bit different, that's the reason why. But we were talking about Jack Idale. Um Jack Idale for me gets a six. I think same as you. He started well. He kind of plateaued a little bit, and then he's. He went back to uh, to doing really well. Um, I I would like to see how he does next year. I think uh, there's a player in there. I was happy with the signing, and I still am. Um, and we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how he does next year. Um, so, yeah, I think. Uh, I, yeah, I, I can't mark him down for much, and I can't. I can't. I don't think we can go higher than a six. So, uh, yeah, six for me. So the next one's. Aaron Morley, and obviously a very popular young man and another asset I think they've got in that squad, and, and I think he's he's going to be a, a really good player. Um, but like any young player, I think he's had moments where his form's plateaued and he's had to come out of it. And, and I think one of those happened right at the very, very end of the season. He didn't have that chance to, to come out and, and start again. Um capable of of spectacular we know he plays well in the big games definitely got a sprinkle of stardust about him and i really do like him as a young man um i'm going to give him 6.5 pasty bombs uh the 0.5 being the goal uh the free kick against charlton um and again another one that i would hope in a winning team in a team going for automatic promotion can push him towards a better mark next season yeah i'm going to give him a seven because i think um, yeah, I think sometimes with Morley that when the, the game can pass him by a little bit and he can be quite quiet, but when he's playing really well, he does stand out. Uh, I think he's solid in the midfield. I think I'm happy for him to be in our midfield main three for the next season and to start the season. Um, yeah, I think the season ended quite quietly for him, but I think uh, you know there was the start of a season and then the sort of after Christmas till April, where he was, uh, yeah, it was very good. So, yeah, good season for Aaron Morley. His first full season under us. Um, he's still a young lad as well, and uh, he is getting better and better. And uh, he's someone for me who I think should we be looking at which Bolton players could bring in a bit of money over the next twelve months. I think Aaron Morley would definitely be in the top two or three, uh, especially if he keeps on scoring screamers on. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that one. Another one that I think falls into that category and probably a little bit by surprise, and that's Owen Toll. Um, Owen Toll obviously came in from Derry City, unheralded, didn't know anything about him really. 
thought he was going to probably take him 12 months to, to get his feet fully under the table, a couple of cup appearances. But then Ricardo Santos's illness at Christmas, he's in there and absolutely blasted the place to the point where you now look at the, the back three options and you'd say, does he get in there ahead of Jones? Does he get in there ahead of Santos or Tom, uh, Johnston rather? I don't know, um, but I'm going to give him, I was just going to give him a, I'm, I'm going to give him a 7.5. Yeah. Uh, I think he's, I think he's been outstanding. Yeah, I'm going to give him an eight because of the expectation. And, uh, you know, I think people were happy to see him come in because he was, uh, you know, from Ireland, from the League of Ireland. And we we were, um, yeah, we were thinking, well, this could be the start of a, a beautiful friendship with that league and get some players over. And um, and he's, he's done very well. He came in uh, in December and didn't look back. And, uh, you know, obviously we the disappointment of getting injured in the Papa John's final um, and, you know, which was obviously unneed, you know, not needed at all. And, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, he's, he's come back and I thought he was, he was relatively solid in the uh, playoff games. You know, the, it was a bit harsh, the free kick against him. Um, so yeah, good season for Owen Toll. And he, he, again, he's, he's now in that, um, yeah, in that comfortable in that three. So, uh, yeah, eight. Next one, and this is going to be a high one. This is going to be a high one. James Trafford, 22 league clean sheets, which is a divisional high, uh, along with um, Christian Walton at Ipswich. Uh, record number of clean sheets in all competitions for a single season for a Bolton Wanderers keeper. And he's made more saves I believe uh, per 90 minutes than anybody else in the division I mean there's not a, there's there are areas of his game he can improve no question but he's going to be doing that at a much higher level of football there's no no doubt in my mind I, I think if if James Trafford were not to go and play international football for England I'd be disappointed at this point in time and and I'm going to give him nine out of ten and just say he's, he's the best keeper I've seen since uh, UC Eskalainen. Um, I'm going to give him a 10 because I don't think there's much else he could have done. But, uh, you know, there's always room for improvement and Ian Everett says that every week. But I think for Trafford, you considering how young he is, I, he makes everyone in that stadium. The only times that you feel a bit on edge is when he's, rushing out of his goal and uh, uh, and taking out an Oxford striker um, or an Accrington striker. But um, but no, I think he's uh, he's a, a top goalie and he, he's, he came in when we needed him and he's he's not looked back. And uh, yeah, the clean sheet record has been great. He's, he's going to have a great career. So yeah, I think 10. But instead of 10 pasty bands, it's 10 ice creams for James Trafford. <laughs> um. Next up, a player that sadly we will not be seeing next season because uh, he has been released. Sexy Kieran Lee, um, after after a really, I mean, he can barely fault anything he's done um, at Bolton uh, since he came in. His last season, forty-one appearances in all competitions, but I think it's fair to say he was he was battling against the elements quite a bit, and and that kind of. Uh, persistent injury 
um, kind of lessened what he could do or certainly lessened the time he could do it on the pitch. And that was such a shame for Bolton. If Bolton can find another Kieran Lee out there, if he's got some sort of younger clone, please uh, contact the buff because we want to put him in Bolton's direction because that'd be the next multi-million pound player we have. Um, I'm going to give him 6.5 on the, the pie bomb scale. Um but you know, sentimentality gives me gives him an eight because uh, I think he's been a class act. One of, one of, barring potentially Trafford and Bradley as loan players, but the best permanent signing that I think Ian Everett has made. Yeah, I'd agree. I'm going to go six point five as well. I think he's uh, yeah, he's been a gr- a really good player for us. We were lucky to get him in League Two, and he. I think we were lucky to have had the amount of matches that he's played for us. You know, he's had two and a half years, and um, and yeah, he's 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 a top player. You can sense when he's playing, he's he's that step above. He's got that knowledge, and um, you know, and yeah, you know, he he he's got a few goals as well. But I think he's uh, yeah, it's it's unfortunate, but. You know, I guess we as a club we need to move on. We need someone who's going to play a lot of games this year and be more. Uh, we can rely on him a lot more. But Kieran Lee for me never, never put a foot wrong, and he will be well thought of. Next one is another one that who who's going to leave with the well wishes of of many many Bolton fans. Connor Bradley, huge boots to step into. Whether. Finding a goalkeeper is going to be easier than finding a, a right wing back. I don't know, um, but certainly finding somebody who, who puts as much energy into that position as as Connor did is going to be difficult. I'm going to give him equal power with his mate Trafford. I'm going to give him nine pasty bombs. A terrific young player, a terrific young man as well, um, who's been a joy to uh, to get to know uh, this last twelve months. And uh, and again, like Traff, I'll be watching him in the Premier League in the pub and uh, and raising a glass to him. I'm sure many many times in the future. Yeah, uh, I mean we've we've said so much about Conor Bradley, especially in the last few weeks. We've been winning Player of the Year and stuff. But uh, I'm going to go nine point five because he has. Uh, he has the. He can be thrown goal and put it wide, and I think that's the, that's the only thing I could get him to improve on because everything else is is brilliant. And even the amount of goals he scored, I think did he end up with six, maybe seven? Mm. Um, you know, he's we, that's more than what we expected. Uh, when you know, I don't want to compare him to Fossey because he's a much better player than Fossey, but he only got one in the heart that you know in his time with us. Whereas Connor Bradley had scored about four by October. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, just his one on ones he needs to improve on, but other than that, he's a, a top, top player. And Bolton will, I think, Bolton fans will always take pleasure in knowing that we helped him on his way, uh, as well as Trafford. Only in 2023 could uh, right back be marked down for his one on one finishing, but hey, <laughs> um, yeah. yes, uh, next one on the list, Kyle Dempsey. Kyle Dempsey, I mean, it has been. A very unusual season uh, for Dempsey. On the pitch, he had a difficult 12 months from where he signed in January to getting towards Christmas, where he was just starting to find his his form, really, for Bolton. Then, of course, once he'd found his form for Bolton on the pitch, everything off the pitch happened as well. Obviously, the legal matters that, uh, that have been well documented that he had to put up with. I think 
given what was happening off the pitch, what he's done on it is all the more remarkable. I think his performances have been outstanding this last six months or so. And obviously Bolton have got a player, I think, that they can build a team around and, and, and that he's going to be a big factor in their future. Um, you know, it's it's just a difficult one to assess, really. I'm going to give him a seven because I do think on the pitch he's, he's done enough to, to warrant that. Um, and and just hope the next season's a bit less eventful for him, I suppose. Um, yeah, and uh, I, I'd i say 7.5. I think he's, uh, yeah, when he's played and when he's had that run of games, he's been fantastic. But uh, he has had a few injuries. He, he got, obviously got sent off against Cambridge as well, which came at the wrong time for him. Um, but no, I think uh, overall he's, he's been a, a very good player for us this year. I'm sure that'll continue into next year as well. So, uh, so yeah. Uh, 7.5 I'm not sure whether we should go N slash A on this one for Lloyd Isgrove he's played twice um, he is on the back of the programme which is how we're judging this um, but then again so is Luke Hutchinson and he's not on my list but uh, yeah I, I don't think I can give Lloyd a mark other than to say congratulations um, so congratulations that's not right at all um, I don't think I can give uh, Lloyd a mark other than to say I, I really wish him the best and I hope that, you know, the injuries that, that ruined that last 12, 18 months of his Bolton career don't end up being, you know, the, the problem he has in a later career. You know what I mean? If he finds a, finds another club, gets himself fit and gets himself back to uh, to the form he showed for Bolton. Yeah, I've, I've got to agree with that. I think it's it's harsh to give Izzy a, a, a grade. Um, I thought the game, he came in for the Tramier Papa John's game and then he played against Accrington and I thought he did well and to be honest when I saw him playing in that sort of sort of the right back position um, I thought great he's, he's got a lot of energy he can be cover for Connor Bradley um, but then he got injured again and his, his season was over with so yeah I, I think a lot of people Lloyd is going fit into the Kieran Lee kind of the disappointment of um, of him not not be you know of him being released, but I think everyone understood, and uh, yeah, hopefully he can go on and have a great, continue his great career. Next one, I mean, this one's gonna be a difficult one to mark. Elias Kachunga. Um, I mean, I, were we to offer this out to the wider public, I bet you we'd get every single number between <laughs> about uh, two and eight. I would have guessed, but uh, it's been a really up and down one for for Kachia. Obviously, he's been released. That's definitely been confirmed now by the club. He would argue that he didn't get enough chances to get himself on a roll. I don't know whether that necessarily is the case, but certainly he, he struggled to get rid of that couldn't score goals or didn't score enough goals tag. Um, regardless of how hard he worked for the team, which was absolutely beyond doubt. And also... Just the way that Bolton play, that kind of pressing strategy from the front. He had it down to a tee with back to goal as good as anybody else in the team. Um, but I fear that if, if, if for example, Bedvarsson would have been fit, I don't think Kachunga would have played half the games he did in, in that running. What do you think? Yeah. Um, and six uh, out of ten, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably go six out of Well, no, I'd probably go five out of ten, actually, for Kachunga. Uh, well, five and a half because he scored at Wembley, but. Uh, yeah, I think back to goal, I don't think we've got many better players than him. Uh, he would win. 
free kicks. Um, he'd, you know, he, he uh, that's what I mean. I said on the last episode, he's there's a player in there. He just yeah. didn't show it enough. And I think you look at his goal at Wembley and, and against Accrington, you know, and the way he took it, and he took it really well, especially at Wembley. And you think, well, I, I can't think of many other chances that he had over the season. I don't think he, he created enough chances or got on the end of stuff enough. And that was the case of why he didn't score any. Um, so, for all his... I, you know, I think he's... Yeah, he's got some good parts about his play, but I, I don't think he did the rest enough. And, you know, it was nice to see a lot of the fan base, give, you know, wishing him well. I think part of that had come from maybe a few people feeling a bit guilty that they'd given him stick. Mm. Um, or the stick that he got from the rest of the fan base. But... Um, but yeah, overall, I think you've got to you've got to probably ad- admit that if Bolton Wanderers are to move forward, is it going to be with Kachunga? And it's probably not, so it's probably the right decision. So yeah, five and a half for me. One player that's definitely going to be moving forward with Bolton next season, Randell Williams. Haven't really had a chance to to talk too much about him really, but I, I actually, you know, I've, I've skipped straight past Thomason, so let's just uh, rewind. <laughs> Right, next one, um, somebody who definitely will be with uh, Bolton moving forward, George Thomason. Um, not been an easy one this season. He's, he had a, a purple patch, of course, before Christmas where he was described as undroppable uh, by Ian Everett. And that was was absolutely fantastic. And, and at that point in time, his, his physique had, had, had built up. He was looking like a player um, coming into some form. But then that dropped away, and he's probably had to contend with being a kind of a bit not by bad player, certainly in rotation, uh, which is difficult. I think sometimes for players to be able to show their true worth at times, and and I found that maybe George is maybe chasing games a little bit when he's come on in the past few weeks. Um, I'm going to give him a six because I think he's uh, he's never let Bolton down in any way, shape, or form. But I think he needs next season to to really push on and to, to claim more starts than he does at the minute. You know, I always would defend Thomason on this podcast because I, I think he's a good player, actually. Um, you know, I think it was difficult for him to come back in for the playoffs. It was never going to get back to the form we saw before Christmas. He obviously he had a half a chance, didn't he, against Barnsley and, and mm. didn't connect very well with it. Uh, maybe if that had happened, if that chance had come to him before Christmas, then maybe he would have he would have buried it or made the keeper have to make a save. But um, I think Thomason is improving over time, and I think what we saw in that purple patch is what hopefully we'll see a lot more of with Thomason. Mm. I think he's a player that as maybe it's his youth uh, helps with his his attitude, and it's. Uh, you know, he'd get the ball and, and he'd be the only player who would actually run or would try and create something himself, whereas the rest sometimes, I think, can take a touch and pass it and try and break in that way. I think Thomason sometimes can get his head down and, and run with it. He's got that bit of nastiness about him as well, which yeah. I, I think not enough of our players have. I like that. So, so, um, so I'm looking forward to seeing how he does next year. I mean, the the thing is, at the moment, we said last year we're looking forward to seeing how he can do, and he's he's had a few injuries. I think 
Thomason has got a big year next year because if he if he doesn't work out next year, you don't know how many of these. Oh, he's still young. Let's see how he does next year. Seasons he's got left before he could becomes a bit of a I don't know, like a Josh Vella who just is is there for a while and probably stayed a year or two longer than what he should have done and could have progressed more if he would have moved earlier on. Um, so yeah, Thomason, he's done all right, and I I, I think. Like I said, I think I'm looking forward to seeing how we do next year. Okay, moving on swiftly uh, to a play we haven't talked about too much at all uh, is Randell Williams. He will be here next season. Arrived in January and instantly brought with him his long throw. Plunged straight in, I think it was against Plymouth, wasn't it? And, uh, uh, you know, having not really played that much for Hull City. And I think that probably showed in the kind of two or three performances after that initial initial debut or the adrenaline got him through that sort of thing. And it was only kind of towards the real back end of the season that he started to kind of show where he might be coming from. Played at right back and played very well. Uh, played left back in both the playoff games. So clearly Ian Everett likes him. He's going to have a shot at that position. And I'm going to give him... I'm going to give him a six. I think I saw enough from him to suggest there's going to be more next season. And um, as I as I mentioned before, I think he's a, he's an interesting character. He's he's uh, he's definitely not not your normal footballer. Um, and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, uh, I thought he had a good end to the season. He set up the goal um, for Charles in the the first leg and. I think he's. That's the way we're going to play. We're going to get him to bomb down the wing, get to the byline, and, and put it across. And I think he showed that he can do that. Um, he, you know, he. I think he was easing his way in to uh, how we play, and I think a few fans were disappointed by a few performances. But I think sometimes we can forget that he's doing that, mm. and he's he's learning about how to play for Bolton. Um, He'd come from Hull where he'd not really played as much in the latter part of that. So, um, so yeah, I think he's. I think there's a player there. And I think he's, uh, you know, if he can get his crossing, because I feel that sometimes it can be, he'll get one good cross out of five. Now, if that one good cross leads to a goal, then you'd probably take that. But you'd rather it be one good crossing every two or three rather than every five. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing how he does next year and how he how he fits in and how we we play around him because I think he that can be an important asset to us. Um, I would also like to see the long throws utilised more. I think there were times where, as when we were sort of chasing games or trying to get a winner, when you, you he gets the ball then you think brilliant a long throw and he he would then play it to uh, you know to the fullback. Mm. I don't know whether that's, again, Ian Everett has, has explained that sometimes when you're playing against big defences, you don't want to just, you're playing, you know, you're playing to their strengths yeah, if you're just fucking yeah. the ball in. But, um, but yeah, I think he, he can be an asset to us. So, for me, Randall Williams, I'm going to give a, a six. I don't think he did much wrong. I don't think he did much really well. Uh, he scored his goal against MK Dons. He got a few assists, so we'd take that. Um but yeah, I think uh, it was a it was an okay first few months of the season. Yeah, I think he also suffers. For-
from the alternate being Declan John, who has got a you know a firm fan base within the fan base. If you know what I mean, he's kind of a a cult player or so. Um, so I think sometimes when you see his name on the team sheet, uh, there's always going to be a few complaints about anything that does go wrong because of course Declan John has got quite a lot of uh, backing. How that progresses, we shall see. Um, Luke Mbete, who came in on loan in January from Manchester City after Will Ameson left the building. And, I mean, it didn't work, is is the bottom line for him. I think his initial couple of performances, Peterborough, etc., were promising. But... Yeah, I just didn't didn't quite go for him. I don't, I don't know what it was. I, I think in a in a team, I think in possession he seemed to be absolutely fine. But I think maybe with a bit of the the rougher stuff, he he struggled. Um, I think I'm going to give him four point five in the end because injury did his season in the end. He didn't really play much of a part in the end. Um, I think there's definitely a player in there. He's definitely a bit like a bit like Shortire. I think he. He's definitely going to be a player, but I, I just, I don't know what, uh, I don't know what happened really. Yeah, I'm going to go five. I think his season was sort of with us was split into two, and I think the Ipswich game was the the turning point for him. I didn't really turn around after that, but before then, I thought he was, he was good. He, he'd scored against MK Dons. He'd, he did very well at Peterborough away. Um, but yeah, he, he just. It just didn't happen after that. And I think, um, you know, again, they were, they were pressure on him because he was coming from City and, the, the you know, with Trafford doing so well, but you think people just expect that you bring players in from the same team and they're going to do well. I know Huddersfield fans were happy for him to go, but, um, yeah, I'll go with a five. It's The thing with Mbete is I don't, I don't picture Mbete, whereas you look at Trafford and Bradley and think they're going to have great careers. I mean, Mbete will have a good career, obviously, because he's he's a good player. But I don't see him going on and being a, a top Premier League player. I think he'll be around the EFL. We'll probably play Mbete again at some point. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I think that you were right. That sort of physical game where he's probably not had much experience of that playing for Man City. He's, that's where he, uh, you know, he, he struggled. Yeah, interesting one. And I actually managed to trip myself up earlier. Shola short, I, I managed to skip through. So let's go with Shola now. Um, Shola, I mean, he had a, a, a wonderful first few games and, and I thought, wow, here we go. This is this is the one we've all been missing. And he gave Bolton a completely different outlook to the way they were attacking that game uh, against Charlton and such like. You know, just looked a different gravy, but I felt a bit, I suppose, a bit like Mbete. When the, the niggly kind of physical stuff came about, he, he seemed to lose a little bit of concentration, and it was more a case of getting involved in things that he probably shouldn't be doing and getting pushed off the ball and maybe just lacking that little bit of street smart that he needed at that point in time. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a five because... I. I think he, I'm going to give him, you know, five, five, five. Um, I think he's definitely better. There's no there's no question in my mind that he was better than he showed towards the end for Bolton. Um, and I would like, in the, at the start of the season where there's not as much pressure, I would have liked to have seen him see how he would have kind of 
graded into this Bolton team, but I don't think I can give him more than a five. Uh, no, I'm going to give him a four. I expected a lot more from him. Um, I, I just think, again, you know, playing for United, you're not going to have that, that you the the type of games you have in League One, and I think some players do will um, they'll really embrace it and they'll they'll find they'll enjoy it. I don't think he he did enjoy it and. Um, you know, he got his goal against Bristol Rovers and he, he yeah, the the Derby game, he came on and Charlton, he, he looked really good. But I think after that, he, yeah, I just don't think he, um, I don't think it works for him. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know whether he's going to be a type of player who will go to the championship and, and embrace that more. Maybe it's a bit different, more to his style. Um, but yeah, I don't think League One suited him and, and again, it, it must be difficult because you're coming into a team that are doing well and our midfield have done well. So you're having to take one of those out or you're having to go up front and it's just a different... I think you could tell he was getting frustrated at times and that's probably why he was getting involved in the, the niggly stuff, to be honest. But um, yeah, four. Next up... Uh, penultimate player, Victor Adebayejo. Uh, 10 for his smile, which is ever-present. I've never seen a smileier player. A terrific lad, and I genuinely would love to see the move work out for him. £450,000 was the reported fee in January from Burton. He'd scored 13 goals there. It hasn't happened too much. I think he's only got three in Bolton colours. He's had to kind of be part of a queue. He's been rotated. It's not always been first first choice. Learn the game plan. Um, and there's been times where he's looked absolutely great and times where he's looked completely opposite. So this summer's going to be a big one for him. He's going to have to come back and, and probably prove a few people wrong early next season, uh, lest he get into the kind of Elias Kachunga uh, vibe with a few of them. Um, but I think I think I'm I'm quietly positive he will do that. I think he's I think he's got more um, more going for him. I think he, you know, I, th- I think he's got he's got something that I like about Victor Albiage. I'm going to give him six uh, pasty bombs, um, but I expect to be giving him at least seven next season. Yeah, I'm going to go five point five, and that's just because, um, you know, I looked at some of the goals he scored. Burton, I think there was a montage made and I looked at them and I was quite excited because they were different types of goals um, and I just don't I, I don't think he had enough shots or chances and he could he could turn around and say well I didn't get enough and that's fair enough but I just think that you know it, it is difficult and we are, we've said this before when you play for Bolton Wanderers you've got to expect that unless you're Dion Charles you are going to you're not going to play 90 minutes. And to be fair, Dion Charles hardly plays 90 minutes. So you are going to be having to take your chances and you're having to, um, you know, you may only get one chance a game and you are going to have to take it if you want to play. And I think that we've had a Biagio, he's, you know, you look at his goals he scored for us, especially against Burton, he, he you know, he just seemed to hit him and go in and, I think he's he's been having to work his way into the team and and try and make the most of it. So 
maybe I, I'm like you. I, I really want to see how we do next year when he's had a summer with a to just relax, get used to the team, starting you know start next season with us. Hopefully, he can get that form back. But my my one worry is with players like Eddie Biagio who have what seems to be a, a a really good half a season with a team. You then get a big move and he, he can't replicate it. I think of Medine as well when he moved from us to Cardiff. I just don't want that to be the case with Adebayo. Um So yeah, we'll see next year. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm quietly confident. I'll comment may come back and bite me in the bum, but who who knows? Um, last but not least, uh, Cameron Jerome. After many, many, many years of linking in with the move to Bolton, I finally got to write that story in January, and he was he was added. I I felt potentially as a result of losing Yon uh, Vars, and I know that was kind of disputed at the time, but it felt like a move that that Bolton had to make to to bring in something extra up front once they'd lost him, and. However way you slice it, it hasn't really happened for him. He, he's not scored the goals. He's not really had the chances particularly. He's He seems to be there more in, as a kind of a a guide or a, a, a kind of a, a sounding post in the dressing room rather than having much of an impact on the pitch so far. So I'm going to have to give him 4.5 passive arms as, as a mark um, and just hope that the fact that they've given him an eighteen-month contract isn't isn't problematic because obviously twelve months down the line and he's that bit older. Um, what what impact is he going to make on next season? Yeah, I'm going to give him a three. I've, I've been underwhelmed to be honest with Cameron Jerome, and I I can see why they brought him in, and I think he's going to be a help to Adi Biagio, and I think that is another reason why they brought him in. I think that was said early on that he's going to be a you know, it's just a, someone to help them across, you know, help them in is, uh, as this is possibly the lowest level that Adebayo, sorry, that Jerome has played. It's, uh, I know Adebayo was in championship, but it's it's one of the highest, but, you know, for him, so they can match it up. But, um, yeah, I just think with Jerome, he's, I can only think of him having one chance, and that was against Burton, which he should have scored. And like I said, other than that, you know, I, I know it was 4-0 in the final, but he was through on goal and he, he decided to pass it. And I think sometimes I would rather... I, I know he's played at Wembley. I know he scored at Wembley. But I would rather have him gone on and shot and, and done it himself. And I think, for me, that I, we don't need a cheerleader on the pitch. We don't need someone who's like, oh, I'll pass it so he can score and have his moment. I'd rather have him done what he thinks best for the team you know because he's he's a top player he's played at the highest level and he's been very good at the highest level so yeah i would rather him not be a cheerleader and actually be a bit more selfish at times and and rather than just try and pass it so someone else can have the moment wow henry finishing on a a, i turned into roy Keane by the end of that (laughs) Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah I, I think because he's been such a good player, I think I expected a bit more from him. And he, he did well at Luton as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, who knows? Who knows what might happen? We've 
we've written off too many players at Bolton Wanderers for them to uh, to turn things around. Um, I'm 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 loath to do so, but it's definitely not been uh, a great few months for Cameron Jerome. That's for sure. Uh, so that's the end of our player ratings. That's the end of this week's show as well. Um, we will be continuing the buff next week. Where in the world Henry is? We don't know. Who will be alongside me in the co-host chair? We don't know, but there definitely will be another episode, even if I have to sit here talking to myself. Um, so, until that time, I've been Mark Charger Earphones Henry Isles. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been Henry 12% Battery Hewitt. And this has been an extra long episode of The Buff. Oh well, the season's over. We won a trophy that was once called Freight Road. Oh well, we made the playoffs. We didn't quite make it, but we're ready to be back stronger, stronger than before. Back stronger, knocking on promotion's door. We won many games, the stats were off the ground I'll have to invent bigger numbers Hey, hey, Dion bikes them in A 21 season with 23 wins And we're back stronger, stronger than before Back stronger, knocking on promotion's door Insert subliminal message here Listen to the Buff Podcast every week my, my, season 23-24 We're moving forward We're ready for the crowd's roar Hey, hey, we're on our way With Ian in charge We're primed and ready to be Back stronger, stronger than before Back stronger, knocking on promotion's door